Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to episode 82 of the WP Builds Podcast. This episode is entitled Properly Supporting Our Wonderful WordPress Community with Dan Maybe. This episode was published on Thursday the 28th of June 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined a little bit later for our top and tail discussion and ending fact by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Before the interview with Dan Maybe, we'll be asking the question, what systems are available to get paid? We touch on which platforms you can use in order to receive money via WordPress. And then right at the end, for a couple of minutes, we have our ending fact, which today is entitled, Exit Pop-Ups Actually Work. Please go to the wpbuilds.com website and click on the buttons underneath the player. You can share the podcast episode. Go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be most welcome. Also, if you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can subscribe to us um, on any of our channels. The, The most convenient one I'm finding for everybody these days, and I keep mentioning it, is the messenger option because it allows us just to put uh, little pop-ups in your Facebook Messenger feed. And we literally do it to say we've got a new episode out. That's that's all I've used it for thus far. If you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can find uh, three deals at the moment. We've got a tool set and we've got main WP. Um, and then we've also got a new one called blocks.party, which is Gutenberg Blocks. We've got a tremendous 80% off coupon code there. It's a new platform and it's still being built out, but the guys will be on in a few weeks' time to talk about it. But the deal is live right now, 80% off. That's great. Also, I would like to mention that if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash webinars, you will find out about a webinar that I'm going to be holding with Sebastian Webb from Microthema in the not-too-distant future. Microthema is a platform which allows you with a point-and-click interface to do styling on your website, so it gets rid of problems if you're not familiar with things like CSS or uh, that kind of stuff, and you, you want a quick and easy way of maintaining your website and making it look pretty and adjusting fonts and spacing and all of that kind of stuff. Microthema can do that for you. And... Yeah, on Thursday the 5th of July, so in a week or so, Sebastian and I will be uh, having a webinar where he's going to describe how the platform works. And so far, I think there's about 40-odd people signed up. So if you would like to come along to that, there's probably a little Easter egg in there somewhere. Then, uh, yeah, sure, sign up. Go to the go to that page, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash webinars, um, and you can get yourself signed up for that. Okay, just to say, today we've got Dan Maybe on. Dan um, is a tremendous, tremendous asset to the WordPress community. He's deeply, deeply involved in running multiple um, WordPress meetups. He was in very heavily involved in the WordCamp in London that I went to recently. But he's also got a very, very interesting and I think quite important uh, initiative called WP and Up, in which he's trying to support 
the the mental health, if you like, of people who do what we do for a living because of its isolating nature. It's really fascinating. I think this guy um, is incredibly moral, incredibly kind, and he's giving so much of his time away. And it's, it's remarkable, really. So I would highly recommend that you listen to that. But before we get to that good stuff, it's going to be me and David having our discussion. I really hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And this discussion, we're calling what systems are available to get paid from clients we're talking about. But Nathan, maybe we should just start on whether we need any systems at all. What's what's wrong with just sending someone an invoice and asking them to stick something in your bank? Yeah, do you know, I send out quite a few invoices each month and the absolute lion's share, the vast, vast, vast majority of my invoices get paid directly into my bank account. And mm. in the UK, we have a system where if you if you know the eight-digit account number plus a six-digit sort code, it's called. It's a bit like a mm. SWIFT code, I think it's called internationally. Then you can just send money to anybody you like if you know those numbers. And so at the bottom of all my invoices, it contains that code or mm. those codes. And that's that's the, the way that I get paid, I don't know, 95, maybe more percent of the time. So no, you don't need all of the online craziness, I don't think. But uh, I, I know that when I pay people and do it in that way, I do use online banking, but I don't in any way interact with their website to do that. I just, you know, log into the banking. And um, and of course, there's cash, but I never get paid in cash for anything ever. <laughs> it's just not that kind of industry, is it? Well, my colleague still does it in rural <laughs> Lincolnshire in the UK. I mean, she still gets forced to meet people in person and they will come with their rolled up fivers, perhaps a goat to bargain with, maybe some <laughs> homegrown parsley that they've taken from the garden. You know, it's that kind of interaction they have. So when I set up my um, my business banking account many years ago, one of the things they gave me was a checkbook as well, which um, mm. nobody's ever paid me by check. And, and I'm quite happy by that because in the UK, there is a there is a charge levied, certainly with my bank account for uh, receipt you know the processing of checks um but nobody pays me by check anymore but i do i do say on the invoices and you can pay by check to this you know write the write the recipient name here and um and post it to me but not once nobody's ever done that no i I i've not had that but uh i did read someone saying that a lot of non-profits still like to pay by checks oh okay uh, well, I mean, it's yeah. easy to keep track of, isn't it? And you've also, with the check, you've got the stub. And so it's it's there's no no difficulty keeping track of what you've done. Um, mm. But it feels to me like a different era. And it feels to me like the checkbook is uh, dying very rapidly. Yeah, I think so. And also standing orders. I mean, with, uh, one reason to have a system, I guess, is for the reoccurring payments or other memberships or care or hosting that we might take care of. But... I mean, I never hear anyone using standing orders. I have a few standing orders, but they're not anything coming towards me. They're always things that I set up to go elsewhere. Um, I guess a standing order could be defined as something that you set up within your banking system to do something on a regular basis. So I've got a standing order to pay uh, such and such to such and such, and you tell it each month. And it just right. ticks over, doesn't it? it? That's that's what I think it is anyway. Um, but I, I, I never 
have them set up to pay because I don't have any control over that. If you know what I mean, I, I just mm. would have to go through the um, the list of my account, my banking account each month, and find oh, did it get paid this month? Did it get paid this month? And if it did, right, normal service. If it didn't, okay, now we need to do something. So I never do that. Yeah, that's right. If you ask a client to set up a standing order to pay your care, they can cancel it any time without you knowing. So yeah, yeah. That, I think that, that's the. The, the good thing about that was it was probably the beginnings of sort of automating things and it, it probably worked really well, but it feels like banking has moved mm. on since then. Um, mm-hmm. And in the UK, we have something, and I don't know if this is the case in other um, places, we have something called direct debit. Um, and direct debit can be set up. It's very similar to standing order in that you can you can charge somebody on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis. Mm. Um, and then it happens on, on a regular basis. So, you know, you charge somebody per month, but there's a lot of uh, law surrounding that and when it can be used and when it can't be used. But the nice thing from a, um, a vendor's point of view is that if you've got them to agree to a direct debit, you can also increase the amount of the direct debit on your end mm. or decrease it or whatever, or take one off payments. So mm. let's say I had a, I don't know, uh, a care plan at 50 pounds a month and I decided to put that up to 60 pounds a month I could do that and they wouldn't have to interact now you presumably you'd go out and uh, get all the permissions from the client is it okay mm-hmm. to do this but you can then do it um, on on your end is my understanding I've never never done it so I don't really know but that's what I think you can do mm. well you, I mean you, you might as well talk about your solution you know go cardless yeah we in the UK and now in Australia as I said on the news a few weeks ago we have um uh, it's it's um you, you go to gocardless.com and it takes about five minutes to set up an account. You prove who you are and then you can you can have this relationship with clients and you can set up a plan. So, mm-hmm. for example, you could say, OK, I want to have a website care plan um, and I want it to be billed every month on this date. And then you send it creates a, a URL with a little bit of your branding on it um, and you send that to the client and then you see in your dashboard how many clients are on what plan. They send you a, a weekly or a monthly email, I can't remember, saying how much you've received through their system. And because it's super automated, it's uh, the fees are very, very low. Um, I don't remember exactly what they are, but I think, I think no matter how large the transaction is, there's a cap of two pounds. I think that's right. Mm. Um, and thereafter, I think it's 1.4% or something. So it's very, very affordable. Um, especially if you're doing, you know, large transactions on a regular basis. It's, I think it's probably the cheapest way of doing it automatically. But I don't know if this system exists in North America, but I know it does in Australia. But yes. uh, I think it's Europe-wide, but I'm not sure. And Well, I was really taken with it. And there is a, a plugin that works with WooCommerce, and I try to oh, I didn't know do that. it. And- yeah, there is. And I thought, well, I can use this in my shopping cart as an option for care plans. And um, the, the first person I tried it on uh, said no, because I think they said they just don't do direct debits. And I mm. think the problem is that with a direct debit, the person taking the money out can change the times when yeah. they take that money out. Yeah. So uh, and I think that's probably why they they help. But I, I believe when I looked at it, actually, Nathan, because it was your recommendation, and I thought it was cool. It was 1%. I know there's 1% the, is the, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, could be. Mm. Um, it is very cheap, no, no matter what I've ever looked at subsequently, whether it's Stripe or PayPal, which we'll get on to. I've never, never had anything beat uh, go cardless for fees. So that's what I send. I, if, if somebody signs up for something, and it's a subscription with me, I always send a uh, go cardless direct debit mandate 
Uh, you yeah. just copy and paste the URL. And I've never never had any kickback ever. Not one person has refused to do it. So, yeah, I've had a different yeah. experience. But I could see why, because mm. it's um, you, there's a certain level of trust there. If you can change the dates and change the amounts, then you have to be honourable with that. But I don't know if you yeah. can go cardless, whether you can change the dates and change the amounts. I'm not sure if you can. I've never actually... Never actually tried no. to do it because nothing's ever changed. I might, I might have a quick look at that whilst you uh, introduce the next bit. Yeah. Well, I know I was looking, you know, how different people paid, and they seem to how they got clients to pay was through different sort of packages. So some would be using their accountancy packages. So there was like QuickBooks, FreshBooks, Wave apps. All of these were accountancy packages for small businesses, and mm. they would also charge clients. So there was those people. And then there were the people with the um, project management tools as well. So things like Get Proposal, Harvest. And there's another one, which I don't know if it's any good, but it's from Fiverr, and it's free. And it's uh, it's called And co so it's at uh, www.and.co and it does invoicing contract proposals expense tracking time tracking and task management and all of this for free what does free mean are we do we mean free as in free to use presumably they layer on because i know with things like stripe you can layer on top your own fee can't you so with you can have stripe's fee plus one percent extra on top which might go to and co do you know if that's how they do that yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's probably just, it's, I only found it the other day because someone mentioned it, so mm. I haven't checked it out. But mm. it just, that seemed quite interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so mo- moving on then to, yeah, oh, just sorry, just to go back to that. I don't use any of those accountancy bits of software like Xero or, or whatever you mm. just mentioned. I I um, I just keep everything in my business bank account. And then at the end of the year, I get my accountant to just sort of mm-hmm. deal with everything on my behalf. But I suppose, you know, if you're a team and there was lots of you, it might be it might be a really, really useful way of handling your accounts just to have it all in one big platform. Mm. See, I'm happy with the way that I've gone now thinking about it, which is to basically build everything as a shop where people mm. have to go and purchase online those products individually, including the reoccurring ones. So the WooCommerce is what I'm using. I guess easy digital downloads would have worked for me just as well. But mm. I see the benefits of it now because of the fact that if I do want the accountancy packages afterwards, I can still connect them via WooCommerce. With the WooCommerce solution that you've got to, where so everything is like a shop, basically, mm. how much of that is available on the, the free WooCommerce tier and how much of it do you need to buy additional plugins for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the subscription is the, is the main one I need to buy. I do have a bookings plugin as well, which I can't remember some WP appointments or something like I can't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but uh, that's WooCommerce appointments. And uh, those two things on my shop are needed. They're the only expensive items. The most of the rest of the stuff is free. Right. Stripe is free as well. Of yeah, of course. Connect. Yeah. So, but you so you use the free WooCommerce and then add a couple of uh, premium add-ons on top. Mm, but it's yes. not enough to sort of blink too much at. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Do you use the WooCommerce official ones, or do you go to sort of third-party vendors? Yeah. Well, the subscription I'm using there. Uh, official one with the bookings plugin i i i started well, i didn't buy it actually off them i just tried the gpl version of it to test it out and it never ca- never did what i needed it to do so i ended up buying one of the uh, I, I wish i remember the name of it now but i'm sure it's called wp woocommerce appointments which is 
been you know fantastic and it works perfectly mm. no, no problem mm. yeah the um do you ever have any sort of reservations about having woocommerce and all of its interesting stuff shall we say running your entire <laughs> online business does that trouble you Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we had an episode, didn't we, where I was, uh, yes, spitting feathers about <laughs> WooCommerce. Um, but actually, I think it's fine. I mean, what I try and do is avoid with this um, doing any major modifications that aren't covered by plugins. Mm. So I think updates will be largely okay. Yep. They have been so far. Yep. But I feel it's the only option for me to do things if I want everyone to prepay. Yeah. Um, and have all of that potential add-ons that I can add on to change my business over time. Does it, do you have it integrated in such a way that once the payments have been taken, further automated things happen? Or do you just look in the WooCommerce dashboard, if you like, to see that people have paid and then, you know, make their account active? Or if you notice that a subscription is cancelled, you have to manually go and do deletion of accounts and things like that? Yeah, well, I'm still working a lot of it out because this is really just over the first year. So a lot of these are renewals since I changed to hosting and care. And initially I set them up as one-off products for the year. So they didn't renew as such there to come back and do it. So I'm I'm in new territory at the moment mm. on a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, the emails come in to tell me what's happened on all these things. If someone's been charged again, it will tell me about that from yep. the system. Yep. So, and you've never had any hiccups where it's gone wrong particularly? <laughs> Well, apart from me, uh, again, I set it up with people and I set them up as one-year products rather than recurring. I, I wrongly set it up, so I've had to change everybody's account. So I'm still waiting to see if this ah. is it's going to run well. So in about a year's time, I shall know because enough people that pass through because I'm doing yearly rather than yeah. monthly. Yeah. The, um, the, the, the conversation that we had a little while ago touches on this, um, mm. that is to say a few minutes ago before we started recording, um, about... What does it mean when you do recurring? You know, with my GoCardless direct debit, I, I know what that means. It means that the their system is going to suck a certain amount of money out of their account, and they agree to that. I've never. I know that things like Stripe and PayPal do all of this, but particularly with Stripe, I never. I never know what that means. So, for example, if I go to your website and I choose mm. the credit card button, and you use Stripe, how yeah. do I? How do I interact with that? How do I go and cancel it? How do I how do I update my credit card information and all of that? Yeah, this is something I don't know. I mean, I know through WooCommerce, but what I did discover, and I didn't even realize this till recently, is that the client can't go in and cancel it. They can, because of the way I've set it up, upgrade or downgrade. They can't actually cancel, but they could effectively remove their card from their account because it's through WooCommerce and stop it that way. Right. But I don't suppose they'll be able to do that if they use something like WP Simple Pay. You know, it doesn't have that kind of account system. For yeah. Them. So let's say you use WP Simple Pay, which is a, a WordPress mm -hmm. plugin to put a, a widget, a, a, you know, like it says, Simple Pay widget, and you can set up subscription with it. How do you how do you go and cancel it? Do you have to go into your bank account and phone them up and you know say anything with this from this company from this moment on is to be is to be yeah. disallowed? I've never understood that. Um, I just don't get how that works because I'm thick and I've never had to use it probably. Um, yeah. But that sort of stuff troubles me. I think that's why, I, apart from the, the the cost of using GoCardless, I think that attracted me because I understood that everybody in the UK who has access to any kind of banking can go in and 
everybody's bank account has the option to cancel direct debits. Um, yeah. So it's trivially easy to do it without any any third party infrastructure. But uh, maybe somebody could reach out and explain how that all works. Yeah. Um, that- yeah. St- I assume Stripe do some communication through their system, but yes. in, in terms of WooCommerce, I mean, that's set up my end. It's up to me to let them know in advance that this mm. that they're going to get charged again, which is what I'm doing and, and, and still tweaking. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's no problem if you warn people that their money's coming out, uh, particularly if it's a yearly thing. You know? And WooCommerce will do that, um, send them, a, send them a, well, an email before time, will it? Uh, it, no, it, well, it, again, it's another premium plugin that needs to come in. So I'm yeah. testing some out. Yeah. So it does get a bit pricey. Right. Yeah, I bet it does. I mean, there's all sorts of bolt-on services. I mean, Stripe came along, I don't know, eight mm. years ago or something now, so quite a decent amount of time and kind of shook things up a bit because it seems to me now, wherever you go, the two options, you know, if there's a SaaS product, which is integrating with payments, the two options, which they always, always have are Stripe and uh, PayPal. And then occasionally you'll see something like um, PayPal's Braintree, which is a bit like Stripe, but Mm. made by PayPal. I don't think it was initially made by PayPal, but bought by PayPal. Um, And so there's a lot of add-on services. For example, I have a a SaaS app called Thrivecart, which Mm. um, enables you to create sort of shopping carts and things. And, And you put in your Stripe API details and your PayPal uh, API keys and don't even remember what they're called, but it's not as simple as your PayPal email address. And it just takes care of all that stuff. And in a way you hope that their infrastructure has been built enough, built well enough that it'll, you know, handle the cancellation of things. But because I'm not doing a lot of that stuff, I've never really explored it. No, I was interested. I mean, that was one I was looking into to try and avoid WooCommerce. Uh, and the one thing they didn't have, but I think it may come, is there was no ability to up and downgrade right. through its subscriptions, which I needed to allow people to go from package yep. to the other package within yep. a year. Yeah. But again, uh, the same. I mean, I guess this is true also for Samcart, which is, you know, the main competitor, isn't it, to Thrivecart? It's a, a third-party SaaS app. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I. I don't know how clients can can cancel their subscriptions with those. Yeah, I mean, it's fraught with difficulty, isn't it? Because obviously, you really, really, if you're going to launch a product where you're taking money, you really would like to know thoroughly and completely. That would really worry me mm. um, that I didn't fully understand how my clients could go and cancel and go and upgrade and go and downgrade, you know, all of the stuff associated with that. But the truth is... People mm. don't usually make use of those features, do they? They, you know, they sign up and that's kind of it. That's just <laughs> how it goes. And then occasionally you'll get somebody phoning you up and saying, "Can I cancel this or what have you?" And then, of course, we've got the moral dilemma of what do you do if somebody <laughs> is on a subscription and you sort of have the impression that they no longer need it anymore, but are still paying? Do you contact them and say, "Look, you don't seem to have made use of this in a year." should we just cancel this or do you work on the basis that well you know that what you got into when you were signing up for it because you haven't made use of it um you're just gonna have to lump the payments that you that you've used and not made use of yeah sorry nathan you just went and disappeared from oh so. no it's okay i was just saying about um the the fact that sometimes people might subscribe to something and then not use it and mm-hmm. they don't know that they've uh, not made use of it what do you do 
Yeah. Well, you know, these our models, I mean, we like subscriptions because that is what people do, you mm -hmm. know. Um, <laughs> it's why it's a great business model, isn't it? Well, I signed up for something a little while ago. I'll tell you a tiny little story. Signed up for something off a website and I got a, a deal for six months. And somewhere mm. in the small print of that deal was the fact that after six months, I'd go on to a full plan. Stupid me. I didn't spot it. And I paid I paid $40 a month to this company for over a year. Mm. And so I contacted them and said, look, I've made no use of this. I would like to have my money back. And, you know, they quite rightly said, no, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> but we'll cancel it for you. And I didn't really, I didn't fight because I just thought it's my fault. I, I got the emails. I, I should have read the documentation more carefully. But um, it, it did annoy me a bit at the time. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that and I feel the annoyance. And I love companies who have been no quibble with their money back. And I, I must admit, I've taken a leaf on that. So I think if I knew someone was overpaying me and I had a relationship with me, that I had a relationship with them, I think I would want to point out that they were paying too mm, much mm. just to build that, those bonds. But, of course, I wouldn't do that if it was someone. <laughs> <laughs> who, who really you know uh, it's it's about the relationships isn't it that's what i would ideally have but if they were paying for something just because they you know didn't check you know what they were paying for well also some people might just have a dormant account for something is you know for a long time yeah. let's say for example i use active campaign but i really really underuse it but i'm mm. happy to pay them the money because I'm I'm always thinking I'm on the basic basic plan. I don't know what it is. It's hardly anything. It's like six dollars a month or something, um, and and I'm happy to pay them that, even though I never send an email out with it. Just because at some point I have gathered a few names in there, and I'm thinking maybe I'll make use of that account one day because of because of all of its whiz bang features. So I just keep paying it. And so if they had that process of contacting me and saying you're not using this, actually I'd turn around and say I am. I'm just not using it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to know, you know, we're not all we're not all the same. No use doesn't mean never going to be used. No, I'm quite interested. I'd love to get feedback on this. I, there was one other type of payment, particularly with hosting, is the uh, WHMCS system that you can get with your reseller yep. on hosting accounts. Yep. Yep. And that takes care of all of the signups and billing, doesn't it? Yeah, you can get an, an add-on for Plesk, which is what I would do, but I've never done it. I've just always set up um go cardless uh, or or taken you know send out manual invoices with with the system that i have that integrates with stripe yeah. um and it's always worked fine uh, there's a charge for using that system on with with plesk and it's another license i'd have to have and really it's not worth me having but i think that's a great idea if you've um if you're selling hosting and that's available on your platform yeah I just think for anyone new coming into this, I think it's quite tricky with the so many options, you know, yeah. doing it through the accountancy packages, through the project management tool, through through the hosting itself. For those, just you know, cash or bank account. Yeah, there's loads. Of, my, my the, the way I would always tr offer for people, if somebody asked me for advice on this, I would say if you're based in the UK and it's subscriptions, use GoCardless. And then for anything else, I think the options have always got to be present your bank account details um be prepared to take checks although i think that's dying out and then look for services which offer stripe and paypal mm -hmm. because paypal not because it's particularly great to work with but just because everybody's got it and stripe uh, stripe because it is great to work with and it's dead easy yeah 
And you know what? That's a, and that's great advice. I think the the PayPal one's interesting. A lot of people want to drop PayPal because it can be a bit of a pain mm. if you're the person providing that service and everybody likes to use it if you've got a PayPal account, mm. including me. And I wonder when it comes to clients, do you do you, do you think you would lose business because you didn't offer that option? I doubt it. Well, as I was saying to you before this call, I've sent out thousands of invoices. Only one client in, in my business has ever paid me through either Stripe or PayPal. And they flip between Stripe or PayPal. I think they randomly pick a button. Um, everybody else just pays me um, into my bank account because I think they've got an accountancy manager the accountancy manager gets an email copy of the invoice. They're, they're probably permanently logged on to their mm. accountancy software or bank or online banking. And it's so easy to, you know, create a list of people who you regularly pay. And then you just type in, okay, this time pay them £28 or £250 and click go. Are you sure? Yes, it's gone. It's just done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think you probably, if you're new, set up Stripe and PayPal. Definitely, don't leave any money on the table. But it, for mm -hmm. me, it, it's not. I wouldn't lose anything probably. But I know a lot of people that would. There you go. Yeah. No, I just I'm, I'm only asking because I haven't set up PayPal. I haven't given that option to no, people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Should we knock it on the head yeah. and head over to the interview? Well, welcome. You made it this far into the WP Builds podcast. We're at the interview part. And today, all the way from, well, I'm going to say the southeast. I'm not exactly sure where Dan Maybe lives, but we've got Dan Maybe. Hi, Dan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Where, where are you at the moment? Uh, where at the moment, I'm in Essex, yeah. Colchester. Okay. Oh, Colchester. I've been to mm. Colchester. Have they got a fabulous museum in the middle of Colchester? We have, yes. Yeah, yeah I've been... literally just come back from a meeting there, actually. Have you? I have, yes. I'm a bit of a history fan, actually. When I'm not doing podcasts, I'm reading about history, and I love um, that part of the world. Yeah. You know, Suffolk and Sutton Hoo and all that. Anyway, mm -hmm. I digress. We're here to talk <laughs> about WordPress <laughs> we um, are, yes. and things like that. But, um, yeah, Dan is somebody that I... I came in contact with fairly recently and then met uh, even more recently because Dan is a very significant player uh, in the WordPress, sorry, the WordCamp in London. Do you want to just tell us specifically about that event, what your role was in this, this year's 2018 event? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think uh, significant is probably overplaying a little bit. <laughs> so there was a really great, uh, awesome team um, around uh, WordCamp London this year. Um, and I was I was honoured to be able to be part of that uh, in my, my little way. Um, I was actually supporting the speakers um, on on the day and uh, supporting the speakers team mm. uh, in the background. Um, so there was a an awful lot going on. Um, I, I, from certainly from my perspective, it was a a, a thoroughly enjoyable event. Um, but uh, it, it was a, a I'd say a real honour to actually uh, to be involved and be part of uh, of that event. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk today about that honour um, and that privilege, if you like, because we're going to talk about the the events, the things that go around, that go along outside of WordPress code and plugins and themes, because we're going to spend a lot of the time talking about uh, real world events and meeting up with people and actually speaking face to face with people. And I guess you could sum it up in one word. It would be the community. Now, Dan is very heavily involved in the community. Do you want to just t list off, and we can talk about them in more depth. Do you want to just tell us about the, the meetups that you're a part of? Because there's quite a yeah, few. Sure. 
there. The, yeah, they, we, the, the number of the list is growing a little bit. Um, so we've, uh, I've, I'm involved with WordPress. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, WordPress London, the WordPress London meetup, uh, the WordPress Suffolk meetup, the WordPress Essex meetup, and the WordPress Liverpool meetup. Yes, um, which has literally just been launched in the last few days. Um, so I'd, let's start from the basis that you you've come to this podcast and you don't know what a, a WordPress meetup is. Do you want to just indicate how we would find out about uh, an event happening in our local area whether in the united states or australia or the uk how do we how do we find out about our local events yeah sure so there's, there's, there's a number of places that uh, you can head to find details um a really great place to start is meetup itself meetup.com um, you'll find there a, a, a long list of uh, not just wordpress meetups uh, but a, a lot of events going on uh, globally um, but the the platform allows you to obviously um, uh, drill down to your interests your location uh, and you will find as I say uh, quite a, a quite a list of hopefully you will find quite a list of um, local meetups uh, and events that are relevant to you uh, and actually um, getting involved on meetup.com having discussions with community members online um, often you'll find will open up doors to uh, other places uh, where you can find out about events that are going on. Yeah, you've got uh, many kind of online communities. Uh, there's certainly in the UK, we've got the WP, WP UK Slack uh, team. Uh, there's an awful lot going on. But I think about 800 members in there at the moment. Um, uh, that was born out of uh, organisers of uh, local events, local WordPress events. Uh, and has has grown and evolved into a, a really great uh, community community that's discussing everything um, from events through to uh, development workflows uh, workflows or uh, or even just general life. Just yep. a, a bit of a chit chat, really. What's the difference then between a word camp and uh, a WordPress meetup? What, how would we d- know what we were getting ourselves into? Yeah, sure. So work camps, if people aren't familiar with, are the official, um, uh, I'm not keen on the word, but it's essentially a conference um, around WordPress. Uh, They are supported by the WordPress Foundation. Uh, they are, as I say, an, an official event. Uh, so they carry the WordPress logo, uh, WordPress name, uh, sorry, the WordCamp name. Um, whereas a meetup can be outside, slightly outside of that more official uh, program, if you like. Mm. Um, anybody can essentially start up a meetup, and it's it's just about bringing bringing together a community of people. Is there um is there some when you said that it carries the official logo? If you're at a word mm. camp as opposed to yep. a meetup, do um do the WordPress Foundation in any way contribute? Um, I don't know what the word is here. Resources. Let's use that. Do they mm-hmm. contribute resources to the to the word camps? Uh, yes, they do. Uh, there's there's a network of um, community members, uh, the, the global community team, um, that will support, uh, mentor, um, and really provide guidance to those that are organising a WordCamp. Um, the in terms of kind of funding a WordCamp, they are supported by predominantly supported by sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, the tickets are offered often at a very very uh, low cost to. Um, to the attendee, uh, and the idea obviously there is to be able to make make the event accessible and available to all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there really is a very very strong theme of um, uh, inclusiveness within um, WordCamps uh, to encourage really to, to encourage the community to be able to access them. Uh, so WordCamps tend to be well, my experience is they tend to be an annual event. 
Um, whereas a WordPress meetup, it, the ones that you're involved in, how often do they typically go on? Sure. So um, it really varies a bit, to be honest, with meetups. We, at the moment, so London, if I take London, for example, we run monthly. Um, oh, okay. Uh, we run the last last Thursday of every month uh, and have done for, for many years now. Uh, but there are other meetups. Uh, I think a good example is the um, WordPress Cambridge meetup, for example. Uh, they run different styles of events at different points in the month. Um, so there's no kind of fixed, this is how it's to be done. Um, but there are definitely, um, if you like, guidelines and supports uh, mm. in terms of uh, good practices, best practices, really. Um, but it's really about ensuring that the community is receiving what the community requires mm. rather than having a very rigid, this is exactly how it's to be done. So if you um, if you were to go to a WordCamp, you obviously, you know, you've got uh, rows of chairs sat and there's usually a speaker and then there's after after the events are finished for the day, there's some sort of entertainment provided and so on. Is that the same at um, meetups? Is it kind of like sitting in a room listening to somebody talk or is there time to, you know, have a coffee and natter basically mm-hmm. with people as well? Yeah, sure. So again, there's there's, there's variance on what's being offered. Um, with London, we have a slightly more structured approach to it. Um, so we we meet about half past six uh, for the first half an hour or so. There's a lot of um, socialising, networking. We've got some food and drink going on for the attendees. Uh, then about seven-ish, we'll actually kick off with more kind of formal sit-down and, and we'll have some talks for, uh, given by the community. Um that will then be followed by a slightly more social element at a local bar. Whereas um, if I look at uh, the WordPress Essex meetup, for example, um, we've, we've, we've just had an event where we essentially spent uh, the entire night as a, as a round table discussion. Um, there was just a lot of really good discussion about uh, plugins. Um, and although we'd had a, we'd actually had a plan, a, a structure set out for the night uh, we were very fluid. We're very fluid with the events, um, and it's, it, as I say, it led on to this really great discussion that went on for near best part of three hours. <laughs> and it's it is safe to say that you're hooked on these things, aren't you? Being involved in what say what was it again? Essex, Suffolk, <laughs> London, Liverpool. Um, yes. What what is it that got you into it then? Um, it was actually WordCamp London uh, that, that really kicked it off for me. I think it was 2013 was the mm-hmm. first one I attended as, a, as an attendee uh, and just realised how incredible the community was. It was my first, my very first time at um, uh, any kind of WordPress. In fact, sorry, no, the, the WordPress London meetup was the very first time I'd, I'd attended any kind of event like this. Um, and I, I think it was actually that very first event. I stuck my hand up saying, look, I'll, I'll happily get involved in any way I can. Um, and many years later, here I am. We've, we've just launched our fourth meetup, and we've got our fifth and sixth in the pipeline at the moment. So we're really doing a lot of work at the moment to try and support the community um, in any way that we possibly can. How do you go about kind of organising who's going to be up on stage? Let's take the the, the monthly London event. Mm-hmm. How many? I mean, how much work do you? I say you. How much work does the the community, um, for want of a better word? put into all of that like i'm thinking you just mentioned that there was food like that was going to all take care of itself presumably somebody has to buy the food and bill mm-hmm. for the food and organize yep. it and make sure that there's vegetarian options and all that kind of stuff absolutely tell tell us what's involved in a, t- a two or three or four hour event mm-hmm. um, yeah sure yeah. there's quite a bit that goes into it and um, we're very fortunate with london in that we've we've been doing it for many number, many years now that we've we've developed this um a fairly 
replicable um, routine within it. Um, so we've got uh, we've we've actually just moved venues recently, but we've we'd spent three and a half years or a little over three and a half years at um, City University. So mm-hmm. finding a venue and developing a long term relationship with a venue just removes so many headaches. Yep. For meetup organisers, and it's one thing that I highly recommend anybody out there that's thinking of of, of uh, launching a meetup. Really look at the venue. Um, and really try and find somebody, strategically partner yourself with a venue that you know you can have longevity with um, because it gives the um, uh, attendees consistency um, and it removes a, a big headache on your part. Um, so, I mean, often uh, universities are a really good option to look for. Right. Um, but in terms of the kind of the organizing on the night, as I say, we've got those, we've got the venue in place. So we're looking for speakers and speakers are for London are our biggest um uh, focus that's where a lot of our work goes into um, the other events are smaller than London so we tend to run um, more kind of workshoppy type sessions uh, where we try and get the the attendees more uh, becoming part of the night as opposed to just simply giving a talk mm-hmm. uh, so again it depends on the on the event and the style of event and the and the um, people who are in attendance because uh, obviously WordPress is a very wide uh, attracts a very wide and, and broad um, audience so we can have obviously very very heavy uh, very skilled developers uh, we can also have content writers we can also have designers business owners um, or, or users of uh, say wordpress.com as opposed to um, uh, the, the uh, open source um, solutions so trying to create content for that very wide audience can be a bit tricky sometimes do you find that the the people who end up speaking at these events do you find that after a period of time they find you or do you still spend quite a lot of time going out and reaching out and writing emails and corresponding trying to get people lined up for the next 12 months or so sure yeah there's definitely um there's definitely work goes into trying trying to find speakers um we certainly use social media as a really great tool to to reach out to people um we're fortunate in that london attracts um quite a number of speakers mm-hmm. uh, ourselves so that's that's uh, a really great um we're, we're we're very thankful that we're in that position um because it does mean that uh we're, we're able to have conversations with the people about potentially going alternative locations as well mm. uh, so we've had speakers that have come uh, that have traveled uh, down to london and have also traveled out to essex um we've got some speakers lined up for liverpool who actually aren't liverpool based um so we're we're very very fortunate that they've been developing this kind of network of um of events means that we're able to kind of spread and lighten the load a little bit in terms of finding speakers right i get it and uh, when, when you um when you put on these events i mean they're not free the event costs something presumably the food costs something and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you pay uh the speakers in any way or reimburse them no. for travel or anything like that but um where where does the money come from do you do you offer sponsorships or is there a fee on the door or any of that yeah, sure. So the, the meetups themselves are free to attendees. Um, again, a big focus for us is inclusiveness. So uh, charging a fee, it becomes a, a barrier to entry yep. um, to these events. So we ensure that for the for the attendees, they're all for, they're um, offered for free. 
uh, and catering costs, venue costs, um, all those things are covered by sponsors. Um, and certainly London, we've been very, very fortunate to have some long-term sponsors uh, that have, have supported us. Uh, we've had um, both SiteGround and WP Engine on board for, I think we're into our fourth or possibly even fifth year in terms of a, a working relationship with them. Um, so we're very fortunate in that respect. Part of the work that I'm doing at the moment um, is, is launching a charity called WPN Up. Um, and a big focus for us there is to be able to have uh, a, a sponsorship package that enables us to fund um, all of these events. So sponsors effectively are sponsoring WPN Up. WPN Up is then providing uh, these events throughout the country. Oh, I see. So it, it sort of aggregates that difficulty. Um, yes. You could approach yeah. WP and up, which we'll get onto in a minute, actually. But yeah, you approach you and you could say, OK, well, we've got a few sponsors that are, you know, more, more than happy to, to sort of sponsor your event or this event. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a really yes. good because I would imagine if I was to put on something like that where I live, there would be because the population is so thin um, and spread out and uh, where I live is right next to the coast. So half of the half of the compass is the ocean, if you know what I mean. Um, it's hard. Things like that mm -hmm. would genuinely be difficult. Um, yes. And yeah. having somebody like you. Is that a unique idea? Did you set this WP and up up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So WP and up is, is something that we um, we are in the process of developing at the moment. Um, we are. It is. It is a. We've reg We've put in application for registered charitable status. Because um, a big there's there's a there's a couple of things you've got going on here. The um, the WordPress Foundation offers um, what's called the chapter program for um, WordPress meetups, and they become effectively official meetups owned and run by the the WordPress Foundation, but again, effectively, the community is actually running those events, mm -hmm. so the, the people on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, the unfortunately, we were in a we were in a position where it it because of the costs associated with London, um, we were unable to make that event a chapter program uh, because the costs were too high to cover our venue costs um, for uh, for the foundation program. So we had to look for alternative ways to do it. Um, and sponsorship was obviously the way that we were able to provide the event. Um, so WPNRP is... Uh, we are not wanting in any way, shape or form to discourage from the chapter program that is provided by the foundation. Um, we want to actually, or in fact, we are um, supporting chapter meetups as we speak. There are people that we're providing support to um, in terms of trying to find speakers, in terms of trying to find venues um, that, that are under the chapter program. Uh, so we, we are just wanting to ensure that this isn't being seen as something that's trying to compete in any way, shape or form. Right, right. Uh, with, the, with the chapter program, because it is a very positive um, a program that's available. If you I... may have noticed events in the Sorry, dashboard. Sorry, carry on. You may have noticed uh, the WordPress meetups in the dashboard um, of your, your yes. WordPress admin. Yes, of course. Those, yeah. those are um, chapter programs. Those are sorry, chapter events. Um, so unfortunately, uh, the London the London event doesn't doesn't display in the dashboard because it's not a foundation event. Right. So good to good to get that clear, isn't it? It's not because of um, any 
any sort of falling out or anything. It's simply it just yeah. didn't work out for you. And but it's it's all about WordPress in the end. Um, if I was to if I was to be a sponsor, because I imagine quite a few people listening to this podcast are working in companies, and uh, you know maybe that's the kind of thing that would appeal to them. You know, to get their name out. How sure. does the how does the sponsorship work in the sense that what what do they get? Um, what's the apart from you know the flip side of being an attendee? What does a sponsor get? Do they allow are they allowed to wander around and talk to people? Do they get a banner or do they yeah. what do they get yeah, yeah sure we've got a fixed um sponsorship package that we've been providing we've been offering for um uh wordpress london um we are in the process of changing this sponsorship package as, as moving over to the kind of more almost like a global sponsorship package through wp and up um but the at the moment and and going forward sponsors receive coverage at the event um they've got the ability to put up banners uh, um bring along swag um, and have people in attendance, their staff in attendance. We actually offer the ability for sponsors to have a couple of minutes at the start of every event mm-hmm. um, just to introduce themselves. We try very, um, we try to ensure that we're not just simply creating a, an event to offer a sales platform right? Uh, because it, nobody really wins in that position. The attendees don't want that. Um, I know I've been to events where I, I get put off by this kind of very hard sales type uh, focus mm. um, of an event so there's there's definitely a bit of a balance that we have to find um, and I think we've we found that through London in the way that the um, sponsors engage uh, w- with the with the community um, if the sponsors are the community as well mm. they, they actually are in attendance they they speak at the events um, so there's there's lots of coverage that they get uh, we also um, uh, they're, they're included in our emails that go out to our membership. So there's, I think London, there's about two and a half thousand members there. Uh, so they do get quite a bit of coverage um, in and around the community as well. Mm. And obviously, as an attendee, it's pretty obvious what you get. You know, you, you show up and you um, you get to enjoy whatever the uh, the diet is that week. You get a bit of food and what have you. What's what what's compelled you to to get involved with so many? What what do what what do you get out of it? What's your what's your take from being involved in organising so many? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the for me, it all started um, because at the time I wasn't um, uh, I wasn't particularly writing a lot of code. Um, I wasn't I couldn't really figure out how to contribute back to the community. Um, I just knew I wanted to in some way, but I didn't really know how to. And WordPress has moved on leaps and bounds uh, over the years in in terms of ways that people can now contribute, even if they're not writing uh, code, uh, which is is phenomenal. Um, So for me, developing the events and building community and just generally trying to make a bit more noise about what's available and and how great and how awesome the community really is Mm. uh, really was was a way for me to be able to contribute back. It's um the community is so much more than just like when you think about WordPress, you do think about websites, don't you? And you think about mm-hmm. the code and all that kind of stuff. And just having been to a few little events, you realise it's it's way more, isn't it? You know, you've got the documentation team and the the translation team and all of these kind Absolutely. of things. And mm-hmm. I know that they're at the Word Camps, but mm-hmm. um, I confess I've never been to a to a Word. Um, a WordPress meetup. So the idea of okay. it is is genuinely fascinating to me. I just like the idea of touching base with some mm-hmm. familiar faces periodically. Yeah, and presumably there's quite a little bit of camaraderie that develops over time. 
Oh yes, yeah, no, there absolutely is, and it, 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 this is what I love about these events. There is definitely um, a, a kind of a, a returning community that we see month in month out, um, but we also see new faces every single month as well, and mm-hmm. those new faces become familiar faces over time. Um, it's 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 a really great way to see. Uh, and interact with the community. I mean, I, I will never forget. So there was one individual that walked up to me and said, uh, "Dan, I always know when it's time for WPL, uh, WPLDN because I need to have a shave." <laughs> <laughs> Only time he has ever ever has a shave <laughs> is when he comes to the event. <laughs> um, if I was to uh, decide to set up an event mm-hmm. we've sort of briefly touched on this and we've talked mm-hmm. about like the the machinations of what you might need to do what would you what would you advise is the best way to go about you know deciding um whether that whether there's it's worthwhile having one where you live mm-hmm. so as an example if i live in london presumably mm-hmm. it's a bit of a bit silly setting up another one or maybe it isn't i don't know um is there any advice you'd give about whether or not it's it's worthwhile in the area mm-hmm. that you live yeah, absolutely. I think even in London, um, it's definitely worthwhile. If you're, if you have a desire and your desire isn't being fulfilled for whatever reason, uh, then go ahead and do it. If you've got, um, even if you find it initially, it's just yourself and one other sitting um, in a coffee shop somewhere, just chatting for an hour about stuff that you enjoy doing. Um, it's it's beneficial. It's beneficial on both part both parts, uh, but sorry, both parties. If you've got somebody that. Um, has the desire to bring something to the community um then i would i would strongly encourage just simply doing it Mm. Um, just if if you know of anybody else in your local area ping them on twitter or or drop them a message um via facebook or send them an email if you happen to have their email address uh, and just say look think about this what do you think um do you want to do you want to meet up have a coffee um, and just go from there because it really is there's there's no fixed um, you have to have uh, this fancy website or you have to have these incredible speakers or you have to have um, catering it's it, the the idea of a meetup is literally you just meet up mm. and actually just bring people together did you um did you uh, sort of aspire over time though to make it into something a little bit more because i know that you've got a lot of uh, nice equipment you've got nice cameras and audio stuff and you you video it and all of that kind of stuff is that i, I guess what you're saying is you don't need any of those not traps no, but do you no. do you find they the more the more traditional the meetup becomes the more popular it becomes or is there any is there no correlation at all you know I, I think there's there's definitely um, I think consistency is the key here. It's mm. actually being consistent in what you're doing. Find a consistent date. Find a consistent venue. Um, ensure you stick with a consistent time. Um, and yeah, in time, create a bit of structure for it. But again, that's not a high priority when you're initially starting. Um, there's definitely for for me. The London, um, the London events where we've 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 got the cameras. I mean, Leo um, from Sotic, the, those guys again, it's all voluntary. Um, what what these people are doing, um, he comes along every month. He brings his camera equipment. He sets up and, and live streams for us. That I've tried to encourage over time because I wanted I wanted to be able to um, bring the event to a wider audience. Uh, and that live streaming for me was an obvious way to do that. Mm. Uh, 
So again, it's it's yes. It, it when we started, out, it wasn't ever on the cards. It was never even a, a, a thought. Um, we were recording the talks. Graham Armfield used to record the talks for many years, um, but it was never um, uh, something we were kind of intentionally moving towards. It mm. was a case of ah, oh, bit of a light bulb moment here. Actually, let's let's um, offer this out and see if people consume it. See if people actually want it. Do people do that then? Do people do you find there's an engagement after the fact if you have live streamed something? Do, do you have a an engagement from an, an audience who don't show up? So mm-hmm. rather than it being a like a London meetup, it actually ends up being you know there's a bunch of people in the room on this particular mm-hmm. moment, and then as the days go on, you get people all over the world or all over the area sort of chiming in about what they've watched. Yes. Oh, yeah, nice. We do. We've, we've um for for quite some time now we've been we've just been streaming into our closed Facebook group, and um, the reason for doing that is we wanted to we wanted to ensure what we were doing was actually of a quality that would be suitable for a wider audience. Yep. So um, it, it, it was counterintuitive because we were trying to push out some content to a wider audience, but we were sticking it in a closed Facebook group. Mm. Um, but it allowed us to test a few things. We had a few teething issues um, in the, in the early stages and we've now got to a point, in fact, last month was the first month we um, streamed. We, we did a simulcast. Uh, I think we did, um, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook um, simultaneously last month, um, <laughs> which was a whole interesting set of challenges. Uh, but as I say, Leo, Leo did an incredible job pulling all that off for us. Yeah, you, you need a nerd in the in the crowd, don't you, if you're <laughs> going to do that? But it doesn't. So it doesn't have to be that. It can be very low tech, just meeting up in the pub and nattering. Absolutely. I the think um, one thing I would suggest, uh, you mentioned the pub there, I would suggest not <laughs> meeting the pub. <laughs> Just purely because, again, they, uh, again, it can be a barrier to entry, um, yeah. meeting the pub. Yeah. Uh, we've actually got um, a potential speaker lined up who is of 12 years of age. Now, unfortunately, if we were in the pub, we would ha- potentially have some challenges there. Wow. Uh, but, there's, but there's also um, issues with religion, for example, yeah, 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 around yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Um, so universities are a really good option um, to look at. Um, but if you're at smaller scale, coffee shops tend to be a really good place to start. Mm, yeah, that's a great idea. Now, just the beauty uh, of universities is they're obviously accessible. They tend to have um, uh, the AV equipment in place, projectors yes. and so on, if you're going down that route. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um just as an aside, because it's because we're framing this on a WordPress podcast, and we've been talking about WordPress. <clears throat> excuse me. Do you do you find yourself always talking about WordPress, or does it does it go off into other just internet related things, or you know, uh, is it simply WordPress? Have you got any other cross pollination between other open source projects, um, or is it yeah just WordPress? Yeah, sure. Actually, at the events, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, we there's uh, we um, surveyed the group. I mean, we're going back quite some time now, but we surveyed the group and we were very um, pleasantly surprised about the split. We we asked whether um, individuals were developers, designers, business owners, or users, uh, and the split was very, very um, close to a twenty five percent within each category. Huh. Um, so we realised we needed to obviously ensure we were providing content that was relevant. Um, across the board uh, the vast majority of people um, in the room are or tend to be um, 
uh, self-employed so business uh, talks and discussion around how to run a business and some of these some of the things associated with running a business are often subjects that we'll cover mm. uh, and we do try and encourage um uh, a, a more kind of wider discussional stuff when they're when it's appropriate yeah I, mean, I was just thinking about in where i am because the population is so thin i'm just thinking if i started something like this i wonder if it'd be a good idea to to make it an open source event mm-hmm. you know so it had yeah. drupal people and wordpress people and whatever you know kind of people yeah again a, a great idea and it's mm. certainly encouraged that kind of cross-pollination mm. the only thing to be aware of with that is again you've got like this uh, wordpress is quite you've got a quite a wide audience to yes. satisfy within mm. wordpress already mm. so to, to then bring in drupal joomla um, php general generally um can there's definitely some real positives in that um, and that kind of cross-pollination is great but there's also that just kind of being aware of um uh, of satisfying the 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 very wide audience yeah yeah well it's it's food for thought isn't it but there you go yeah i'm just on the 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 wp and op website which i have to say at Mm -hmm. the moment uh if you get there when this podcast comes out i don't know if it'll be like fully on the go but at the moment we're on the uh the sort of holding page yes and you you talk there's there's not a lot of text on there but the the text that there is mentions um supporting the wordpress community through our four health hubs and then it goes on to talk Mm -hmm. about code health business Mm -hmm. health physical health mental Mm -hmm. health why what's the what's the angle there about health Sure. So um, going going back for me, as I say, back in the early days with London, I really wanted to contribute to the community in some way. Um, and running these events was was an obvious way for me because it meant that um, I, I was act, actively being part of the community. Um, over the years, I've, I've been self-employed in one form or another for I think like 21 years now. Um, and uh, over the years, I've run businesses where I've employed large groups of people. I've run businesses where I've um, just been myself. Uh, and in recent years, I've spent some time where it has just been myself. And there have been some challenges from a mental health perspective um, with the isolation that that has caused. Mm. Um, so WPNRP is something that um, has been on my on my heart to bring to the community for quite some time now. If you if you actually look back at the Twitter account, you'll see that the first tweet was back in I think January 2014. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's something that's it was it kind of it's been in the background for a very long time, um, and I really wanted to bring something that would um, support the community from a from a, say from a mental health perspective. So the overarching focus for WPN Up is actually supporting and promoting positive mental health within the WordPress community. Um, we looked at what does that mean? What what does supporting and promoting positive health mean within the community? Uh, and we quickly realized that there are some key elements to the community. Uh, code, obviously, we want to ensure that we want to be able to support people that, to write good quality code. If you're if you're if you're self-employed, um, you're running a business, and you're maybe not able to write the the uh, a level of code that ensures you're producing a good product, then your business is potentially going to be impacted by that. Um, so, being able to offer support within writing your a good good code um, is something that is very relevant to this community. Uh, business health, being able to support the community from their their uh, 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 
a business perspective. So being able to provide mentorship um, uh, and one-to-one support um, is, again, something that I feel very strongly um, strongly about. There's our, there are obviously a lot of services and, and places out there that you can go to and provide this, that provide these kinds of business support services. Um, but the, the issue is that we are wanting to support individuals that are self-employed potentially mm. or are um, trying to run a business. So the last thing we want to do is hit them with a big bill to be part of this. Mm. Um, so setting this up as a charity and actually um, having the ability to support individuals with their, their business health um, is very, very important. Physical health is an obvious one in terms of the, the time that can be spent sat at a desk. I know I can certainly spend 10, maybe even 12 hours sometimes, which is incredibly unhealthy, at my desk um, working away. And it impacts my physical health. And obviously that, that impact on the physical health uh, has, a, has a, a, a very direct impact on the mental health, mm. which is why we have this kind of overarching focus on, uh, on mental health. That's absolutely fascinating. So what's what started out as a kind of, you know, a meetup organization is is sort of trans tr- transferred itself, changed over time, and now you're you're hoping that it's going to be a much greater thing. Are you are you intending to to put sort of advice or forums or things like that ways of communicating or, you know, yep. um, articles that are of are of of interest to people with these four areas? Yes, absolutely. We've got um, we've got a, a really phenomenal team of trustees um, at the core of this at the moment, um, and there's been a, a really great team of, of um, what we're calling advisors um, supporting that, that that board of trustees as well. Um, and there's been such a positive response from the community. Every time we have this discussion, um, every time we bring up these the the, the subject of this of, of mental health within the community somebody else steps up and says yep dan you know what i I want to be involved in some way i want to actually support this in some way Mm. um so yes there's there's lots of things that we're we're working through and what i'm wanting to bring to the community um it it, at the moment we're at this stage of of the kind of the formal setting up of the charity itself um and developing all the stuff in the in the background and actually uh, developing a, a service and a product that can be brought to um, to the community to support them. That's so cool. How good is that? And that's really, really... Because, I mean, it's a topic which gets banded around all the time, you know, in Facebook groups and things. People, um, you know, sometimes they feel confident enough to post a little post about how they're struggling and what have you. And then, you know, yeah. people make nice comments and then that thread gets lost and mm-hmm. presumably not much more happens. Um, yeah. But hopefully this will be a source. And it's fascinating just, just around the WordPress space. You're absolutely mm. right. I sit in front of my computer for stupid amounts of time every mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah. And sometimes, like you say, you know, you feel a little bit um, like you're not doing your body any good physically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at the end of the day, you, you, you're just mentally drained, aren't you? And having somewhere right. to go and talk to. And if there's a crowd of people just talking about that stuff, I think that's brilliant. I think that's such a great idea. Thank you. Uh, it, it, it's really kind of, I say, it's been a, it's been this um, kind of evolution through the community through the community. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful to the community for for um, 
the, the, for the support and and um, the ability that I've had to to be able to bring this and, mm. and develop this. I mean, I, I've got to say, there's the the co-organisers that I've got for the events. I mean, there's there's a, there's a team of what is there ten of us now in terms of organisers. I mean, mm. I've got to say, there's there's uh, Gary, Annabelle, Diane, Paul, Mike, Sam. Uh, Angie, Rich, Lorelai. I mean, they're they're all uh, just they they in terms of they're just organisers. So they're they're organisers of, of events. Um, I've just got to say a huge thank you to each and every one of them because um, it it really does allow us to to bring these events to the community. Yeah, yeah, ah, phenomenal. Um, unfortunately, Dan, we're kind of out of time. Um, <laughs> sad. I could keep talking about this for ages, but. Yeah, thanks for sharing your story. Um, first of all, about you know um, word camps and word um, WordPress meetups and what have you, and then obviously this last little bit, which kind of feels like it could have been a podcast all all by itself <laughs> about the the sort of mental health side. Mm-hmm. Um, as as we record the WP and Up, which I should say is WP A N D U P WP and Up dot org is um is in its sort of holding pattern what Mm -hmm. um when do you think um you're going to have that done is it based upon your charitable status being accredited and what have you yes yeah so we are um we're aiming for the end of um june at the moment that's Mm -hmm. our our kind of penciled in date if you like right um we're we're a little dependent on the charities commission um and uh, various other bodies at the moment so things are slightly outside of our control yep Yep. Um, but yes, that's that's the kind of targeted um, kind of June June July this year are our, our, um, our uh, aim. Okay, our goals. So if you've got anything in that area, if you want to uh, reach out to Dan, Dan, do you want to just tell us where you can be found apart from on that URL? Yeah, sure. I mean, if anybody wants to get in contact in any way, shape, or form, um, my D- my DMs on Twitter are open. Um, you can pretty much find me anywhere forward slash. Dan maybe and that's M A B Y. Um, if you want to head over to the WPLDM website or uh, our company site blue37.com, uh, you'll find plenty of contact details there. Uh, if you are listening to this and thinking, you know what, I quite fancy getting a meetup up and running, I'm more than happy to uh, to have a chat uh, and support in anywhere I can. So please feel free to reach out. Great, great. You never know. By the end of this. Uh... By the end of this year, you might have another four under your belt, and then you'll be you'll be doing nothing but meetups. <laughs> you'll have no time to do any work. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks from all of us for people just like you who make it um, a much better experience. And um, yeah, I'll no doubt speak to you soon. Thanks, Dan. Well, thank you very much. Take care. And this week's ending fact is taken from cubicleninja.com and they've got oh gosh it doesn't say the number it's got mind-blowing web design facts and there's something there's 29 of these but what's taken our fancy is number 19 to talk about which is exit pop-ups actually work although admittedly it doesn't give us any actually statistics on this but <laughs> i so i so want them not to work <laughs> I, I I really wish they didn't work and would go away. Um, I know. Yeah, but 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 apparently they do. And the go on, tell us the the statistics, or or is there one? No, um, there doesn't seem to be anything. I think they link to somewhere we've been before, which is usertesting.com. So yeah, you might follow that. But I'm on that page at the minute, and I can't see anything which is actually you know here's the here's the here's the 
study that we did and here's the data. Nothing like that. No. It's just, you know, uh, well, no, basically. You and I hate them, but it worked on me this week, which yep. is why I featured this one because I went to WP Ultimo site and I was interested in the product anyway, but I went to their exit and they offered me 15% and that just did it. It made me turn around and buy it there and then. The thing about pop-ups on mm. exit intent that I dislike is they're not usually about giving you actual value in the real world, are they? They, they don't normally no. find themselves associated with, well, here's 20% off the cart or $10 off your next purchase. It's usually just before you go, would you like to stay in touch with us? Here's our here's our form. And I'm I'm just a little bit I mean, I know it, it there is it doesn't do anything to compel you to stay on the site. All it does is it draws your eye in. But I just wonder if as time goes by, and this is more and more common, we'll just become weary of them and and block them out in the same way that we all block out ads in on Google's uh, search engine listings. Yeah. To the point where they've just, they've done themselves out of a job. Yeah, and you made a good point before we press record, and that was the fact that, you know, it's it could be false. It looks like it's working, but... Like you were saying about me, I probably would have bought that anyway. I mean, my only counter argument was I might have just left the site and then forgotten about it. Yeah. But but you're right. I mean, it, it could be just the fact that the it appears to be working, but mm. actually there are only people who were going to sign up anyway. Yep. It kind of fits into the same bracket as you know these WooCommerce extensions and cart platforms who somehow they you know you've you've kind of filled out your email field and never got through to it and they've obviously socked that data into their database before you've submitted the form and mm. um and then you get an email saying there's something sitting in a cart do you want to do you want to you know do you want to deal with that and he's like no i don't <laughs> no i would have dealt with it if i'd wanted to so i'm really cynical about these i don't really like them i wish that they weren't so prevalent but if i tell you what if they work and people yeah. don't grow frustrated with them, then so be it. Um, yeah. I, I just find anything like that, any interruption marketing, I find a little bit annoying. Yeah. I, I My fear is the trust element with it. You know, even though it, work, it worked on me, you know, it, it just that's that little thing like, oh, they did that to me. And they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, do you know what, though? I'd far rather the exit intent than the timer. Um, you know, you've been on the site for five seconds. Let's put the exact same pop-up asking you to sign up for our newsletter. That one, I don't think that's got any place anywhere. No. But I bet Should it we works. We... bet it works. Yeah. Let's, let's put it out there that we hate them and they probably just... Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if someone can argue the, the value yeah. in them. Yeah, okay. Even though they work, I think they could be measuring the wrong things. It's the same with pop-ups, I think, in general. That yeah. You know, do you, you might get the numbers, but do you get the quality? Is it worth it yes. in the end? Yeah, sure. well, there you go. Right, so we've solved nothing, but we've moaned about something, so I feel good. <laughs> Time to go. Yeah, so let's um, let's say goodbye from the WP Builds podcast once again. Thanks for listening. Go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals if you want to find out what we've got deals on at the moment. It doesn't change all that often, but it might have done. And forward slash subscribe where you can find all the multiple ways that you can keep in touch, which is a little bit like interruption marketing, only in an audio, in an audio form. So I really am not, <laughs> not very, um, I'm a bit disingenuous, aren't I, it turns out. So I'll fade in the cheesy music and say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. And goodbye from me, David Wormsley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.